there are two things that make staying fit really hard as an athlete, as a previous athlete, and now being an adult. And one of them is motivation, that the whole time I was training, I had this very clear goal, and it was going to take a lot of work to get there. So I got really good at blocking out when it hurts, forcing myself to go even when I don't feel like going, and like doing all these things above and beyond. Once I wasn't training for the national team anymore, it was like, what's the point? And so it just got really hard to stay consistent with any kind of training. And then you throw pain into the mix. And it was like, well, now really, what's the point? It hurts. I'm just not going to bother with this. So it, it's just been hard to find a way to, um, I was having a really hard time finding a routine and not being in pain. Those two things. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippitz. I will be your host for today. I'm the founder of Advantage Strength. And um, today's episode is is pretty unique. We're not going to do an intro and an outro. It's just going to be one long conversation. And, you know, we're, we're doing this because our guest today is actually a member here with us at Advantage Strength. Uh, the the Fit Life Formula podcast, by the way, is is specifically for the members of Advantage Strength, but also for anybody who's looking to um, continue moving, looking to be active for their entire life, and uh, finding ways to to be active with their family and friends so that they can keep doing the things that they love to do. Uh, and so that's who this is dedicated to. And today's guest uh, is 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 a pretty interesting story really and the reason we're following up uh the reason this is episode eight is because we just had coach boyle on uh episode seven if you haven't listened to that be sure to head back to episode seven and listen to what's most important for for adults in terms of training um the reason i thought of this particular member was or is because she's been at both ends of the spectrum both training at the highest literally the highest levels in the world and also uh, rehabbing, rehabbing an injury and sort of wondering if, if she'd be able to continue exercising, period. Um, and the way we do things, the way, you know, the way Coach Boyle does things has helped her tremendously uh, to come back from, from this injury and kind of brought her back to the point where she can now start doing things again, uh, even somewhat competitively, right? So um, today we have on the show Sarah Gronwald. Sarah is a... Uh, former rower, uh, varsity rower at Boston University, and also uh, has trained for the Olympics, has been in four world championships, taking a gold medal. It's a world championship boat in a four, and also uh, a bronze medal at the world championship. So literally competing at the highest levels in the world. Uh, she's now the owner and uh, sole practitioner at Gronwald Bodywork here in Ann Arbor. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. And, you know, I think you and I are a lot alike. We have a lot of great conversations about, you know, what life is like after athletics, um, what life is like in athletics. And uh, so tell us a little bit about, about your story in general. Um, and I know, I guess we'll kick it off. That the, like I said in the beginning, the reason that I thought of you right away is because when you first came to us with the Ann Arbor Rowing Club, you recognized what we did as something that you did with Coach Boyle 
um, or you knew that by us following him, that that was a good thing for the rowing club. So talk about your experience with Coach Boyle uh, back in your in your Boston University days. Okay, yeah, I was um, I was a rower at Boston University, and Coach Boyle was the head strength coach for the hockey team, which was a very competitive hockey team. I know they haven't been as great in the last couple of years, but BU was pretty awesome at hockey back in the early 90s. Um, They're still pretty good. Also the, what? They're still pretty good. They're still pretty good, yeah. He was also the strength coach for the Boston Bruins at that time. And um, some varsity athletes would be working with him no matter what sport they were. So as a freshman at BU, I had just learned how to row. I was a novice and our our uh, varsity team won nationals that year and I just thought that was really awesome I wanted to do that so I went to our coach and said what do I need to do over the summer and she said you need to work with Mike Boyle so she introduced me to him and he and I met and he wrote about a strength training program for me and I followed it over the summer and just came back really strong made the varsity boat um, and kind of went on from there Um, so he he just had a huge impact on me and it was interesting to go into that weight room, which they didn't have the fancy facilities they have now, but it was this really dingy room with like a lot of loud grunting. And I was definitely the only female in there at the time. This was like 1991. <laughs> uh, it was a little intimidating, but you know, it, it was great. I had my plan. I knew what I was supposed to be doing and I just, I followed it and it really helped. Yeah. And, and we've found that those systems, especially the ones that he's sort of refined to now, it sounds like what you did was a little bit different than what we're doing these days, but um, things have been refined to the point where they're, number one, they're approachable um, for a lot of different demographics. And also at the same time, they're more effective than they ever have been before. So even simple things can be really very effective for most populations. Um, so talk about the first time, like I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. I mentioned it earlier. The first time we met was when you came in when, with the Ann Arbor Rowing Club and you were kind of looking for a place to do, your, to do some winter training and the place you were at before didn't really work out um, for one reason or another. But when we met, we sort of hit it off right away and you, what I was talking about really resonated with you. Do you remember, first of all, do you remember that conversation? And second of all, yes, I do remember that conversation. What was it that made you think like, okay, this is, this is what we need. So um, I had been thinking a lot. I was coaching the, I was coaching the Ann Arbor Rowing Club masters team. And I'd been thinking a lot about how to keep them from getting injured and how to help them get faster. And it seemed like, trying to find like we just trying to figure out who could get us down that path was really difficult and so when i met you um the things that i had kind of started thinking about but i didn't have this background in strength training was the idea of your body as a system and it being this kind of like chain that is a balanced chain and you can articulate this much better than I can, but the idea that something that you're doing with your arm is going to affect something that you're doing with your leg and that it all kind of comes down to your core. And um, I feel like we had gotten, my team had gotten to a point where they were performing pretty well. They wanted to get a little bit better. And I thought, well, we can always work on our technique. We can work on our fitness. We can even work on our strength, but this population is in their forties to sixties. And so 
we're not going to get much stronger, or maybe we are, but we need to train smart. So you started talking about core strength, and then you mentioned Mike Boyle, and I was like, yes, <laughs> this is what we need. So I think we just sort of seemed like we were on the same page in terms of we're not in here to come in and just do a bunch of squats and see how much weight we can have on the bar. We're trying to do something to make us overall better performers, not just stronger, if that makes sense. And I felt like, I felt like that was something you could, you could do. Yeah. And that gets back to the whole idea of, of functional strength training. Functional strength training is there's a lot of different, uh, methodologies that use the term functional strength training or functional conditioning or whatever it is. But you're, what you're kind of alluding to is the, the idea of functional strength where mm -hmm. the, the body works together. And in order to um, work well and efficiently, it has to function properly. So the exercises that we're doing encourage proper function. For example, you know, think of like a, hamstring curl machine where you lay down on your belly and you put your heels on the pad and you bend your knees so that you're basically curling the the bar thing to your butt um, the problem with that is it is strength training that you are strengthening or i guess working your hamstrings the problem is in function the hamstrings don't work by themselves the hamstrings work secondarily or secondary to the glutes or your butt cheeks so that isn't really a, a very functionally appropriate exercise because the hamstrings are working without the help of the glutes. Mm -hmm. um, and so this idea of functional strength training can show a lot of, of um, strength benefits or, or you know, improvements even in people in their 40s, 40s to 60s because now you're starting to use your body as a whole, as a unit, the way it's functionally supposed to. So. Another example would be like runners who have a lot of hamstring injuries. That usually means not that the hamstring is weak, but that the hamstring is being used before the glutes. And so if you aren't training in a way that encourages your glutes to work first, then you end up with these sort of like overuse injuries. And I'm sure in rowing, and, and we'll talk about that in just a second, that it turns out competitive rowing is not friendly on the body. Who knew, right? <laughs> um, um, it's the absolutely, actually like the absolute opposite of that, of, of friendly on the body. I'll let you talk about that part because I have not done that. Um, so anyway, the, the things that we were doing, like, like you mentioned, we started with kind of bigger, like larger exercises, not working on muscles, but movements, um, you know, working on like a squatting type movement, a hinging type movement, which all happen in the boat. Um, and we also talked about the importance of moving in different planes because, you know, rowing and running and cycling are all very repetitive motions. So we want to make sure we're training out of that basic movement. Um, can I, can I add one thing to that? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that I had been ruminating on and trying to build into the coaching that I was doing for rowing was this idea that in order to really be a good rower, you have to be able to suspend your whole body weight when you're taking a stroke so that the power you're applying to the oar is not just coming from how much you can generate with your muscles, it's coming from the whole weight of your body pushing the boat. 
And in order to do that, you have to have all of these systems working together. And so I felt like you can have a trainer who can strengthen your this or strengthen your that, but I wanted to be working with somebody who understands how the whole body fits together in order to get that suspension and that sort of, it's almost just like a big isometric movement, but how to train everything together so that that becomes more natural. So how to in the weight room or in your gym do things that engage your body that way so that it's more natural when you get back in the boat. Exactly. Yeah. And you won't get it from, you won't get it from machines. You won't get it from uh, these controlled single joint movements. It's got to be, you know, bigger movements in open space where things are sequencing properly. And you're right. Most, most strength comes from your belly button out. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the essence of like, that's why people talk about core strength is so important. It's because whether you're bending over to pick up a pencil or, you know, finishing the last 30 strokes of a race, that strength, the ability to be strong through your midsection is what protects your back. It's what mm-hmm. protects your knees. It's what protects your shoulders. Um, and so, yeah, like uh, it was just a really good fit for us right off the bat because, mm-hmm. because of all those things. Uh, I mentioned injury. You yeah. also kind of came to us with, you know, years of, of hard training of, of, you know, really challenging, you know, college aside, you know, obviously college athletics are, are one step, but after that you were training for world championships and for, uh, for the Olympics as well. So, um, talk about that grind first of all, and then sort of where it left you, uh, after the, after the fact. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, yeah, when we had that first meeting, personally, I was going through a lot with injury and was feeling very lost about my own fitness. And so we can get to that. But my college coach, um, we weren't NCAA yet. NCAA hadn't picked up women's rowing. And so there was just total abuse in terms of how many hours we spent training. She just owned us and worked us all the time. Sometimes I think back and I think we almost trained harder at BU than we did, depending on the year and some of the national team camps that I was a part of. So it was grueling. And uh, I never had a problem getting injured in college. Um, And then I still didn't have a problem getting injured after college until the year before I had to stop. Suddenly, everything just fell apart. And it was all, it was all overuse. But um, I, I had, I had an imbalance in my body, in my core strength. I probably needed more core strength and I was trying to make up for it with my back and everything just sort of locked in together and the muscles got so tight that they couldn't really support anymore. And so then when I made the movement, the muscles pulled on the bones and the bones don't give. And so I broke, I broke a rib and this happened a couple times that it was just an overuse, repetitive stress injury that was the result of a muscle imbalance. And they kept telling me, the trainers and the PT were like, well, it's because you need more strength in your core. And I was like, I don't understand what that means. Like I can do sit-ups, you know, until the cows come home. I just didn't really understand how it all connects. So I think that was the beginning of my journey to try to try to figure this out and understand this. Um, then after I was finished rowing, 
I started, I just threw myself into running and ran all the time. And then I started getting hurt. I started having back pain. So then I would switch and try rowing again. And then I would have the same rib pain. And then I'd try to go back to running and I'd have back pain and I'd swim and I'd get rib pain. And so by the time I met you, I couldn't really sustain any kind of exercise routine with any consistency without running into that pain, either in the low back or in the, in the rib cage. And so I was pretty fed up and demoralized. And I was thinking, um, the hard, there are two things that make staying fit really hard as an athlete, as a previous athlete, and now being an adult. And one of them is motivation, that the whole time I was training, I had this very clear goal. And it was going to take a lot of work to get there. So I, I got really good at blocking out when it hurts forcing myself to go even when I don't feel like going and like doing all these things above and beyond. Once I wasn't training for the national team anymore, it was like, what's the point? And so it just got really hard to stay consistent with any kind of training. And then you throw pain into the mix. And it was like, well, now really, what's the point? It hurts. I'm just not going to bother with this. So it, it's just been hard to find a way to, um, I was having a really hard time finding a routine and not being in pain those two things and that that part if you pull that part out all by itself i think that sounds a lot like a lot of our members like they they have pain when they run um you know and and they're just they don't have a routine nothing they they feel comfortable sticking to um so essentially you you've been at both ends you've been at you know very high level competitive athletics you've also been at the point where you didn't have a fitness routine and and we're looking for something to get to get back to mm-hmm. uh, so i think that's pretty interesting and and that's sort of another reason or reason for this conversation because i think a lot of people will resonate with that that what you said i i had pain and i didn't have a routine yeah i didn't have a goal uh, or a goal yeah I think that's actually one of the things that I like so much about Advantage, and I know this is not supposed to be an advertisement for Advantage, but I love being there because everybody there is the same kind of athlete. Like I'm an athlete when I'm there and I look around at these people with all kinds of backgrounds who weren't necessarily elite athletes earlier in their lives, but we're doing the same thing. We're all trying to make ourselves better we're being taken seriously by the staff and we're getting this top-notch training. And I just love that. <laughs> I think it's, it really makes me want to keep going. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say we, we are, we're not athlete specific anymore. We're, we're definitely more just help people get excited about moving again. Um, and I think for you, what's really worked well is, being, being consistent, being able to be consistent and getting things to work again for you to the point where now you're sort of reaching out again and or branching out again and trying to get back in the boat and you'll be competing this summer, which is super exciting. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just taking you to a place where you can get back to doing the things that you love to do. We, we use that, we're using that kind of line, I guess, a lot now, getting back to the doing the things that you love to do. Um, and, and, you know, this has been a really big part of it. Um, and that's why I, I just think it's, it's just so interesting for you and it's been so impactful for you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it really has. Um, well, let's um, let's wrap up here and and just talk about kind of where you're at now. Obviously, you have an interest in an interest in the body. You used your body to to achieve goals for a long time, and and you have a pretty in depth knowledge of that. Talk about um, your practice now and and sort of where you're at and what you're doing. So. Um probably the biggest reason for me becoming a massage therapist was the questions that I felt like I needed to answer after my experience getting injured as an athlete. So I wanted to understand why a weakness in my core would cause a rib to break. Um, and I also wanted to understand why the things that I, the symptoms that I did have didn't seem to make any sense. Like I'd get this pain in this area that wasn't even close to the part of the body that actually had the dysfunction, so referred pain. So I went to massage school to answer those questions and wound up really liking being a massage therapist. So now that's what I do full time. But um, in my practice, I, I like to think of it as, um, this isn't meant to take away from an athlete who's like a full-time athlete who that's all they do. But I think being an athlete, you can be an athlete on a lot of different levels. And I think if you are serious about wanting to go for a walk of a certain distance every day, that is your athletics and mm -hmm. you're being athletic in that way. So I think people deserve to be able to move without pain. <laughs> and it's similar, I think, to the mission that you guys have an advantage is we want people to move well and not have pain. And so people come into me sometimes because they're having chronic pain. Sometimes they have autoimmune difficulties that make it difficult to not have pain or they've twisted their ankle or, you know, they've various injuries or reasons for people to come in. And I just want to work with them and try to think about like, how did this happen? And what can we do to help undo some of the chronic damage that has happened and what what I find a lot in my practice is postural dysfunction causes a lot of pain and a lot of chronic pain people come in and it's just it's moving in a way that isn't necessarily anatomically correct down the road leads to pain so I'm trying to kind of figure out how to help people move better and also reduce their pain does that make sense yeah, and it's it's almost like it's a step, a half step removed from what we do. Is you're you're looking for patterns and and freeing up those patterns that people can use to move well, and do the things that they want to do. And then, like, our job would be to strengthen those patterns so that they right. can do it with more confidence and and um, you know more enjoyment or maybe faster if that's a goal or whatever it might be. Um, but you're right. I think people if we were to say we train athletes, I think it would turn a lot of people off, but, right. but you to, to, if we are thinking of it in the way that you're thinking of it, it would be like, you know, if you want to go for a walk with your friends, you're an athlete. If you want to play basketball in the driveway with your kids, you're an athlete. Right. Um, if you, if you are serious about moving, you're an athlete. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to take away from anybody when I say that, but. No, I get it. I get it. Um, well, no. So, and, and, you know, recently I've started coming in to see you just to, just to maintain, just to make sure that I'm 
doing the things that I need to do and I'm mobile in the areas that I need to be mobile in because even, I mean, even professionals need another professional a lot of times. So, um, you know, I've started coming in and, and we've been doing some great work at your place. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I really think it's interesting and I think you're a, a great example of, of where you can, where you can get back to if you know you're in the right if you have the motivation right if you have the right motivation and for a lot of people sometimes losing a little bit of weight is the motivation sometimes saying i'm sick of being stuck on the sidelines is the motivation you know so with the with the right motivation um you know you can get back to where you want to be and and maybe even beyond that so I just think you're a really great example of that. And, um, you know, you've kind of seen, you've seen where you're just about to throw in the towel and now you're, you're sort of back getting closer to where you want to be. So I think that's an awesome story. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. It's well, thank part because it's advantage is just a great place. I'm very grateful. <clears throat> thank you. And yeah. And thank you. And I, I don't, like I said, don't, don't want this to be an advertising, but um, I, I claim that the thing that we claim is that we just kind of help curate information and, and pass along the best practices that are going to help people. So um, Sarah, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, for telling your story here. And I think it can be really encouraging for people who, who have pain, who are, you know, thinking that maybe it's, maybe it's almost, too late for them or whatever it might be, uh, regardless of the level of competitive athletics. Like you said, everybody's an athlete in some way, shape or form and um, getting rid of pain is desirable. So getting rid of pain and getting back to functioning properly is a, a great way to live out the rest of your life. So um, is there a website or is there a, a way we can contact you if, if um, you know, yes, want to get into some body work? GronewaldBodyWork.com. <laughs> Can you spell that? So yeah, that's G R O N E W O L D B O D Y W O R K. Gronewald Bodywork. Got it. All the same word. Okay, and we can put it in the uh, we'll put it in the show notes too, so it's there for you. All right, thank um, you. All right, well, thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much. I know you're you're uh, busy, particularly on Mondays here, so. Really appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll share this story with with a bunch of people. Thank you, thank you very much. All right, that's going to wrap up episode eight of the Fit Life Formula podcast. Thank you so much to Sarah Gronwald for joining us today. Remember, if uh, you like this story, if you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, uh, and you'll get new episodes delivered every Tuesday, right to wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's uh, iTunes or uh, Google Play. We're also available on Podbean. So um, check this, check that out and make sure you uh, subscribe and give us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. It helps us reach even more people who are like you, who are looking for the best ways to keep moving, the best ways to stay active and um, be moving for the rest of your life. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. My name is Brian Sippitz. Until next time, be sure to train smart and check out the Fit Life Formula podcast for the best ways to keep moving. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.